Hey, this is Derek Wooten. I'm lead pastor of Makers Church here in Cincinnati, Ohio, where our desire is to make disciples and make a difference. Thank you so much for joining us through our podcast. We pray this message speaks life and encouragement into you and what God is doing in your life. Hope you enjoy it. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, hey, let's stand to your feet one more time before we get into the Word today. Man, I'm excited to get into the Word. That's been a couple weeks. We had Pastor Andre two weeks ago. We had Mission Sunday last week. And next week, Pastor Melissa is going to be speaking on Mother's Day. So uh, you're about to get my best shot today. I'm coming for you. I'm ready. I've got a word from the Lord. But I listen, I believe God's got a word for each of us. And I want to remind us today. How many of you guys know the Bible says God's Word never returns void? But we don't ever want to be ground that God's word can't go and plant, continue to bear root and fruit in our lives. So we want to prepare our hearts today to receive what God's going to say and God's going to do. Uh, hopefully you did get some communion elements as you came in today. We're going to take communion at the end of our service in the altars. It's going to be a powerful time, but I just want us to prepare our hearts to receive what God's about to say through his word and through his spirit. Can you pray with me right now? Father, we love you. God, we thank you, Lord. God, for the privilege of being in your house. God, for the privilege to call you Father. God, that we are your sons and daughters in the earth. And Lord, today as we, God, take this time to get into your word today, Lord, I pray open up our spiritual eyes to see what you're doing. God, open up our spiritual ears to hear what you are saying. And God, may we be challenged and changed by the power of your word and the power of your spirit today. And may we leave, God, with hope, with joy and encouragement knowing, God, the best is yet to come, and God, you are still using this place and using each of us to make disciples and make a difference around the world, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Come on, if you're ready, somebody shout amen. Amen. Come on, be seated today. Man, we're so good. It's so good to see you. You came to the early service. That rain, uh, while I was driving to the church, I was like, I'm gonna have to pull off to the side of the road. It was crazy. So you made it. You got here. The Lord is good. If you're joining us online this morning, we're glad that you're here as well. And I'm excited, church. I'm preaching uh, uh, from a subject today entitled Checkpoint. Somebody say Checkpoint. Checkpoint. Now, I will tell you, uh, as we get into the latter part of this month, Pastor Cam and Miranda were talking about all the things that are happening. Uh, May 21st and May 28th, we're going to be talking all about the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. Because not only is May 28th a baptism Sunday, May 28th we're celebrating Pentecost. How many of you guys know that Pentecost is a kingdom thing that we all need in our lives? And so go ahead and get ready. Those are going to be powerful times together. But my assignment today is to preach a message entitled Checkpoint. Now, I think it's interesting. Here we are. It's May. Does it feel like it should be May yet? We're in the first Sunday of May. And this is for us here in Cincinnati. I know spring happened a couple weeks ago, but it really now just feels like the season's starting to change. This is when it feels like that season takes full effect. This is when we break the grill out. We get the pool ready. We plan a vacation. We go and watch the Reds lose. Come on. It's this season. I watched them lose on Friday, but the fireworks were great. Come on, somebody. The fireworks were good. But, but we find ourselves, whether we realize it or not or recognize, man, it's already been over four months of this year. We find ourselves in May, the second quarter of the year. And my assignment today is really simple yet profound, is to check on you is for each of us to have a checkpoint with the Holy Spirit. And another way we say we could be saying the Holy Spirit is interrupting us today for a spiritual checkpoint. 
a spiritual checkpoint. You say, Pastor, you keep using that word. What is that checkpoint? Here's what a checkpoint is. It's a point or a place where an inspection or investigation is performed. It's a, it's a point or a place where an inspection or investigation is performed. Now, I don't know if you've ever experienced a checkpoint, but let me give you some reference and examples. We see, these, we see checkpoints done a lot at boundaries of countries and nations across the world. They will do these checkpoints. Why? Because a checkpoint does a few things. A checkpoint does a few things where they bring clarity, they bring safety, and they keep help moving everything in the right direction. So when there's a checkpoint, a checkpoint is to make sure that everything is supposed to be how it is, it's operating correctly, and everything's moving in the right direction. Have you guys ever had a checkpoint before? You ever, you ever traveled out of the country and gone through a checkpoint? I'll never forget when I went to the nation of Israel in 2017, and we got off the airplane into the airport at Tel Aviv, and we had a massive checkpoint. Now, I don't know how you operate, but when I see soldiers with those, uh, with those AK-47s uh, or those, uh, those M-16s and they're just walking around like they could do anything they want, I'm like, whatever you want, take my money, here's my wallet, like whatever you need, just don't hurt me. That was a checkpoint, but that wasn't the worst one. The worst one on that trip is when we went to Bethlehem. Now, I don't know, let me, let me give some geography. By the way, how many of you guys know that we should keep, continue to pray for the nation of Israel right now? We need to keep praying for Israel, the peace of Jerusalem. There's so many things taking place. There is a movement starting today with millions of believers fasting and praying for the nation of Israel. We encourage you to be a part of that however you'd like, but we're just gonna believe, listen, not only is Israel gonna stay safe, but our Jewish brothers and sisters will know Jesus as their Messiah. We're gonna believe that together. But the, this checkpoint that I experienced, I'll never forget it. We crossed in uh, to Bethlehem to see Bethlehem, which is technically right now controlled by the Palestinians. And we were trying to come back into the border of Israel. And as we were trying to come back in, we got stopped by the Israeli military and four of their soldiers stepped onto our tour bus with their M16s. And they immediately began questioning our driver and our guide and walking up, down, walking up and down the aisles with their guns glaring at us like we were criminals. Now, if you've ever been in one of these situations, I was back there going, Jesus, 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 because I didn't know what was gonna happen because we'd already been warned, listen, if you go into Bethlehem, there's a good chance something might happen that you might not like. And so we're like, oh Lord, please let us get out of here. Please let us get back into Israel. We do not wanna get stopped right here and something bad happened. Now, I've had lots of those moments where I was like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I had one two weeks ago when I went to Kings Island because my kids love roller coasters and I hate heights. And at the top of uh, uh, Mystic Temple, we're about to drop down. The kids are like, isn't this fun, Dad? And I'm gripping the front saying, Jesus, 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 Jesus. I don't like those moments at all. And so when I get to that place where I'm saying, Jesus, 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 over and over again, I am seriously like, Lord, you better do something. But I found myself in that checkpoint and everything eventually after about 10 or 15 minutes, they let us go and we got back into Israel and everything was fine. And listen, even though that was an intense moment, it was a, nece it was a necessary checkpoint for the nation of Israel for us because they wanted to make sure everything was clear. They understood what was happening. It was safety for their nation and they, and they wanted to keep us going where we needed to go. 
And so what I find in my spirit that's been so loud all week with my time with the Lord is that the Holy Spirit wants to stop for a spiritual checkpoint for us today. Because why? We're right here in the heart of the year where we need to allow the Holy Spirit to do an inspection on us from the inside out as we travel through our spiritual journey, as we run this faith race on the earth. Why? Because we need to sometimes have moments of clarity to make sure we're still moving in the right direction where we're still operating the way God has designed. So if you're with me this morning, somebody say amen. Sometimes we have to have these moments where we have a spiritual checkpoint with the Holy Spirit. And the truth is today, my assignment is really simple. How's your heart? How's your focus? How are things happening spiritually for you this year? How are you doing? Are you growing? Are you developing? Are you maturing? Even more, are you rising this year? Are you right? Look to your neighbor and say, hey, are you rising this year? Well, that was weak. Look to your neighbor with some gusto and say, are you rising this year? Come on. Are you rising this year? Say, Pastor, why is it important if we're rising? Because the, we, we know at the beginning of the year we shared vision. God said, this is our year to rise. This is a year, 2023 is a year for us to rise, to come up, to go up, to increase in every good thing the Father has for us. And that word is real. That vision is real. We've been talking about applying it, looking at it. But the truth is, that was way back in January, and now it's May. That was way back the beginning of January, and now we're in the first Sunday of May. We're 127 days into 2023, and I've got to ask you this morning under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, do you still believe the word of the Lord over your life today like you did back then? Do you still believe in your heart that this is a year for you to rise into the fullness of what God has for you? Are you still persuaded in the depths of your soul that what God has declared over you is still coming to pass? If you do, somebody shout amen. If you still believe it. Do you listen? Do you still believe that this is your year to rise? Do you still believe that God has a new and next for you to reach for? Do you still believe that intimacy must be a priority with the Lord this year? Do you still believe that this is the time that we should be seeking after the lost more than we ever have? Do you still believe that you can expect the supernatural to show up in every part of your life? If you do, somebody shout yes. You believe that. And listen to me, saints, if you are here today and you're still believing and you're still declaring that and, and you're still walking in that, can I just remind you, don't lose it. Keep going, keep believing, keep trusting. Pastor, how can I keep going like that? Because 1 Thessalonians 5.24 says, the one who called you is completely dependable. If he said it, he'll do it. Philippians 1.6, he says, I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Jesus returns. I don't know about you, but I can say with all confidence, I still believe God has called me to rise because God said it. And if God said it, he's going to do it. As long as I keep believing and keep moving forward and walking in those things, I will see the will of the Lord come to pass in my life. Say, Pastor, you have any more Bible that can encourage me? Yes, I do. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 20 through 22. Listen, whatever God has promised gets stamped with the what of Jesus. 
the yes of Jesus. Somebody shout yes in him. This is what we preach and pray, the great amen. God's yes and our yes together. God affirms us, making us a sure thing in Christ, putting his yes within us. By his spirit, he has stamped us with his eternal pledge, a sure beginning of what he is destined to complete. I don't know how you feel this morning, but I came on assignment to remind you it is your year to rise in Jesus' name. This is a year, 2023 is a year for us to rise. Somebody shout, I will rise this year, come on. I will rise this year. But the truth is, is our checkpoint this morning is just getting started. We're just now getting to the beginning of our checkpoint, here's why. Because if we're honest today, some of us have had a great 127 days so far in 2023. Some of us have loved this year. We have enjoyed every day. It's been amazing. We have kept believing and rising. But there's another side of it. Some of us have not had a great 127 days so far this year. Can, can we be real? Only, I can only be real with three people? Come on. Some of us haven't had the best start to the year, have we? For some of us, we're like, Lord, I hope the rest of the year is going to get better than the first half of this year because it hasn't been good so far. When we look and we're honest, some of us in this room under the sound of my voice today or you're watching online today, when you talk about 2023, you say we all started out saying, yes, we will rise. We will increase and go up and come up. But somewhere along the way this year, some hardships happened. Some things happened that we weren't planning for. We felt some feelings we didn't know we would feel. Some unexpected issues presented themselves. And all of a sudden, you go from, I'm going to come up and I'm going to go up. You're like, I think I need to throw up. Can I get a witness from somebody? Sometimes that's how it feels. And sometimes we have found ourselves, there are people today that have found themselves in a place, if they're honest, you say, Pastor, I started to rise, but now I'm regressing. Pastor, I, I was excited to rise, but now I just feel like I'm retreating. And in your heart and in your mind, you have said, I want to rise, but it feels like I just keep falling instead. Can I get a witness from somebody in the room? I want to rise, but I feel like I'm falling. I want to keep going and believing, but every just things, things seem, everything seems like it's just crumbling around me. You say, Pastor, I want to reach for next, but I keep grabbing fear instead. Pastor, I want to I spend time and be intimate with God, but I keep getting distracted. Pastor, I know I should seek the lost, but I keep seeking what's comfortable. Pastor, I know I should expect the supernatural, but I keep doubting instead. I want to rise, but it seems like I keep falling instead. And that's why we've got to have a checkpoint every now and then. This is why we've got to have some conversations with each other that we can have a checkpoint, why? Because a checkpoint, a spiritual inspection that brings clarity and safety and keeps us going in the right direction. Sometimes we need to be challenged and we need to be introspective about how things are really going. I don't know, do you, have you ever met anybody who was pathologically positive? Doesn't matter how bad it is, they just chop their leg off. I won't be fine, it'll grow back, don't worry, it's good. My sister is pathologically positive. 
I, they, they walked through some tough stuff this year and she said, oh, everything's fine, everything's great. I was like, no, it's not, it's terrible. Be honest for a minute. Now let's pray in faith, but let's be real for just a second. The truth is, is sometimes we have to have an introspective moment and say, how am I doing? How am I feeling? Am I really rising the way God said I could rise? Or if I'm really honest, does it feel like I'm falling in a few places that I'd like to be going up instead? And that's why we have these moments like today. That's why God loves us so much that he would, he would, he would just prick my heart all week to say, let's have a checkpoint. Let's have an inspection that brings clarity and safety to keep us going in the right direction because I'm on assignment today to encourage you that if you're here and you feel like you have regressed or retreated, you can still rise in Jesus' name. That if you find yourself even today saying, I feel like I've retreated in areas I thought I was going to go forward in, you can still rise. If you're here today and you feel like you have fallen, can I just encourage you, that falling is not fatal and that falling is not final. That falling is not fatal and that falling is not final. If you're here today and you say, I'm down, can I remind you, you're still not out even though you're down. Now some of you saying, now pastor, you're being ridiculously positive. No, let me tell you why I can say that with all faith. Because I know our God can turn things around faster than we could ever mess them up. Come on, somebody. I know the God we serve, the God that we're in a relationship with, he is rich in mercy. Our God loves us so much that he didn't even stop at mercy, but he went all the way to grace to give us the things that we did not deserve. Pastor, how do you know things can turn around? Because the Bible says in Romans 8, 28, that he can take all things and work them for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Pastor, are you sure that even though I've fallen, I can get back up? Absolutely, because God declared over for us in Isaiah 41, don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Listen, we have a heavenly father who says to us in Isaiah 43 too, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. I don't know how you felt when you got in the door today, but regardless of what it looked like this year, it is your year to rise, not because I said it, but because the Holy Ghost said it. And if you believe that, I need somebody to give God a praise in this house. Hallelujah. It's our year. We can rise even in May in Jesus' name. And listen, if those, if those things don't fan the flames of encouragement and hope in you, let me go further to one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible because it's encouraged me more times than you probably think that it has because sometimes people forget that pastors have problems too. Come on, somebody. Sometimes we forget that everybody has to go through the same thing called L-I-F-E. Life is not easy for anybody. It's challenging. But there's a verse that I have held on to since my days in college when I felt like back then I was really falling all the time. It's right here in Proverbs 24, verse 16. The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. The godly 
Notice the text. Does it say the ungodly will trip seven times? What's the, what's the text say? The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. Pastor, I don't understand. Why would it say the godly may trip seven times? Pastor, I thought godly people are perfect people. Where you been living? <laughs> Listen to me. Godly people are not perfect. The godly people walk with a perfect God, but on this side of heaven, we're still not perfect. And too many people try to put an unrealistic standard in their spiritual life that they're going to be perfect. You serve a perfect God, but you're not perfect. Can I get a witness from somebody? You say, well, well if the godly aren't perfect, what are they? The godly are resilient and perseverant. The godly are resilient and perseverant. That even when they do fall, even when something might trip them up, they've got enough faith to say, my God's got his right hand right there that I can grab, and he's going to pick me back up and get me back on my way to where I need to be. Come on, somebody say amen if you're thankful for that kind of God. The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up Again, they may, listen to me, you may find yourselves today where you have kept falling, but listen to me, saints. God calling us to rise doesn't mean you'll never fall. It means that if you do fall, you can rise and get up and keep going in Jesus' name. Sometimes we look at this one time and say, well, I fell, it's over. Listen to me, falling is not final. Falling is not final. If it were final, then none of us would still be walking with Jesus. But that's why I love the verse. It says the godly may trip and fall seven times. Well, pastor, when I read that, that means that obviously I've done something terrible and I've sinned. No, sometimes we get tripped and we fall over doubt. Sometimes we fall over silly things. Come on, let's get real for just a minute. Sometimes it's things that we don't even know are gonna happen. They just trip us up just for a little bit and we almost go down. It's not always that we've done something terrible, but sometimes those little tiny things sneak into our lives, in our relationships, in our work, in other parts of who we are, and they try to just knock us down. But the Bible says the godly may trip and fall, but they get up again. Some of you feel like you can't rise anymore because you've already tripped and fallen. Listen, you can rise this year in Jesus' name. Go ahead, look to your neighbor and say, get up and rise. Come on, tell them, get up and rise. Get up and rise, get up and rise. I know what it may have seemed like and may what it looked like has been frustrating, but the truth is, is that falling is not final. Maybe you've fallen short so far in reaching for next that God has for you. Honey, it's time to get up. Maybe you've fallen short in prioritizing intimacy with God. That's okay, get up today. Maybe you haven't been seeking the loss the way you wanted to. That's okay, get up. Maybe you've fallen short in expecting the supernatural. That's fine, but today, make up your mind that you're getting up and going in the direction that God has for you. Why? Because you can know even if you trip and fall, greater is the God that is in you than whatever is around you that could make you fall. You may have tripped and fallen seven times this year already, but go ahead and get up and rise to the fullness of what God has for your life life. Come on, if you're thankful, somebody give Jesus praise. We can get up and go. It's time to rise. Somebody say, it's time to rise. 
I know it's May. God did not call you to rise just in the first quarter of this year. Rise in the second quarter. Rise during the summer. Keep believing and declaring and saying, God, you're not done. You're not through. There's more and I will rise. This is my time to rise in Jesus' name. We gotta be stirred up with that kind of faith and expectation makers, church. Say, well, pastor, you really just don't understand how hard it's been so far this year. Pastor, you don't understand. There, there have been people I've said goodbye to or I lost my job or a relationship or, or things are going so poorly. I do not know how I can just get up again and move on. And love, I'm gonna tell you something. If Jesus can get up, you can get up. Because the same power that raised him from the dead can get you out of that pit of pity or frustration or heartache and pain and get you going in the right direction again in Jesus' name. But you gotta believe it. The other thing I'm gonna tell you is this. How many of you guys know you're not the first person to fall? You wanna see Proverbs 24 again? The godly may trip and fall seven times. There have been generations of godly people long before you were alive that fell before you did. But they got up again. Doesn't mean it was easy, but because of the help and grace of God, they got up again. I wanna close with this story because it's so pertinent today for where we're landing. There was another godly man that found himself in a place where he had fallen. And just like Steve Urkel, he had fallen and he could not get up. Come on, somebody. We've been, we've been watching Family Matters with my kids. Those first few episodes, man, they, listen, I'm gonna tell you right now, I have laughed more at my wife laughing at Steve Urkel than anything else. Is she in the room? No, she just left, good for her. She has belly laughed at Steve Urkel more than I have ever seen, and it brings joy to my soul watching her do that. That's what happens when you get in your late 30s, you watch Family Matters together, okay. I wanna finish though with this this morning. This is a pertinent story I want you to grasp because it's gonna speak to you. First Samuel chapter 16, there's this prophet named Samuel. This prophet named Samuel. He found himself down. He found himself down. He had retreated because of the things that had happened. Now I'm gonna say it again, how many of you guys know the people of God have problems like everybody else? Sometimes we have to walk through things that are challenging and hard. Samuel was in one of those seasons in one of those places. I wanna give context before we really look at the verse this morning. Here's what happened. First Samuel 16, Samuel finds himself in a place where he is frustrated, he is depressed, he is angry, and he doesn't know what to do next. Have you ever been there before? He's frustrated, he's angry, he's depressed, and he doesn't know what to do next. Why was he so upset? Because Saul, who was the king, by the way, that Samuel had anointed in front of everybody, because God told him to, has officially just been rejected by God as the king. Why was Saul rejected? Do you guys remember why Saul was rejected? He was disobedient. Saul was disobedient to the Lord. Saul operated with disobedience knowing what he should have done. And on a side note, can I just tell you something? Can I tell you God was, God is, and God always will be serious about obedience unto him? You say, well, pastor, we're under the New Testament. That's great. God still wants us to be obedient. 
In fact, I need to remind you of something. Destiny and disobedience never go together. If you want to walk in the destiny that God has for your life, you will never walk in it if you are consistently disobedient unto the Lord. Listen to me. Disobedience does not lead to destiny. It leads to detours over and over and over again. Some of you in this room have been saved for 40 years and you don't walk in the fullness of God and it's not because he doesn't want to, it's because you can't stop being disobedient unto the Lord. Be obedient and watch what God will do in your life. If you believe that, somebody say amen. But Saul had been disobedient unto the Lord. And all of this had happened where Samuel was the one who saw all this take place and he had anointed Saul as king in front of the whole nation. God told him to do it. Samuel had done all the right things the right way and it was still not working out the way that it was supposed to. Can anyone relate to that? You did things the right way, the way that you were supposed to and things still weren't working out. But what I find is this, is that Samuel went through these things he goes through these things, and the next thing you know, Samuel finds himself in a place where he's not rising into the anointing and the call that God has on his life. He finds himself down and frustrated and angry and depressed and mourning. And listen to me. In 1 Samuel 16:1, the Spirit of God comes to Samuel, and he just asks Samuel a simple question. He says, Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Samuel, how long are you going to mourn? You've cried long enough, Samuel. You've been irritated long enough, Samuel. You've been frustrated long enough, Samuel. You've held on to it long enough, Samuel. You've been depressed about it. You've pouted about it. All these things. God said, Samuel, you have retreated and regressed long enough. It is time for you to rise and get up and get going into what I have for your life. Pastor, why is that relevant to me? Because there are times in our lives, just like Samuel, where we think we've done everything the way we we're supposed to in the right way, and the breakthrough hasn't happened, the miracle hasn't come, the healing hasn't taken place, the turnaround hasn't happened the way we thought, and the next thing you know, we find ourselves, instead of rising, we have regressed into frustration. We have retreated into depression. We have stepped back, and we have sat down, and we said, okay, God, I'm officially mad, and I am mourning that these things Things haven't come to pass. Say, Pastor, I would never do that. Oh, honey, please. We can absolutely understand that Samuel has been in a place that we might be in even today. You might be into the sound of my voice today, and you are exactly where Samuel was. But the word of the Lord came to Samuel, and he said, How much longer will you sit here and mourn? How much longer will you sit here and not rise into the everything and the fullness that I have for your life? Listen to me, man and woman of God. It is time for you to stop mourning over what was. Come on, somebody. 
It's time for us to stop crying. It's time for us to stop having a pity party. It's time for us to stop sitting around and retreating and regressing because things didn't happen the way that we want to. God is saying to us today what he said to Samuel. Listen, it's okay to mourn. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to be irritated. It's okay to not like how it turned out. But your portion in the Lord and your assignment in the kingdom is not for you to sit there and mourn forever until Jesus comes back. The word of the Lord for you today is not stay there, but get up and go where God's called you to go. Get up with a little faith and a little fire and a little purpose and passion and say, that wasn't fair, that wasn't right, that hurt me, it was hard, but by the grace of God, I will not stay down. I will get up and keep going in Jesus' name. You say, Pastor, you don't understand. Yes, I do. The godly may trip seven times, but they get up again. Notice what he said. Go back to the text. He said, how long will you mourn? And then he gives him an action. He said, fill your horn with oil and go. Fill your horn with oil and go. What had happened to Samuel? Samuel had mourned so long that what was supposed to be full had gotten empty. Samuel had sat there and been so frustrated that that, that horn, that, that thing that carried the anointing of God was supposed to be full. It had gotten empty. Samuel should have been full of faith and passion and fire and perseverance. But the truth was he was empty of all of those things. And you know what God told him? He said, Samuel, son, it's time for an oil change. It's time for an oil change. It's time for an oil change. You have lived, Samuel, in the emptiness of frustration and depression and irritation and apathy and doubt and worry and anger. He said, Samuel, it's time you get filled up with the oil from the Holy Spirit again. It's time, Samuel, you get the oil of gladness and you get the joy of the Lord and you get up and go to where I've called you to go. Listen to me, people of God. I know it's May, but guess what? It's been 127 days since you said, Lord, it's my time to rise. I think some of us need an oil change. I think some of us have gotten to a place that what was supposed to be full is running on empty. And instead of passion, you got pity. Instead of faith, you've got frustration. Instead of being anointed, you're just angry and disappointed. The Lord, of, the word of the Lord to you today is let yourself get filled up with the things that God has so you can go where God wants you to go. It's time for a spiritual oil change. Some of you need to say, God, I need the oil of gladness. I need fresh oil from heaven. God, I need to be filled with the goodness of who you are again. And notice this. After he gets an oil change, throw the text back up there. He says, I'm sending you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite. Now what he's really saying is you go to another translation, it says, I'm, I'm sending you to Bethlehem. Why? Because that's where David was. But he said, get up, fill your home with oil and go to Bethlehem. Why is that significant? Now, if you look for most of it, Bethlehem literally translated means house of bread. 
But if you, do a deep, you, you dig a little deeper into Bethlehem, especially in the Old Testament, there were other names that people would call Bethlehem. And one word was the word Ephratah. They would call it Ephratah. And do you know what Ephratah translated? It means fruitful. Fruitful. What was God saying to Samuel in that moment? Samuel, how much longer are you going to mourn for what did not work out? Because my will for you is to get up and get filled with everything that I am and go be fruitful again. Listen to me, man and woman of God. You might find yourself at a place today where you say, I'm not rising, I'm regressing, and I'm retreating. I get it, I understand. You've tripped, you've fallen, that's fine. But falling is not final. Stop mourning for what was. Stand up, rise up, get up. Let the Lord change your oil. Let him fill you with who he is and get back to being fruitful. Get back to being fruitful in your marriage, in your job, in your family and your attitude towards the kingdom of God. Why? If you want to rise, you've got to say, God, I'm willing to not just fall, but I'm willing to get back up and be fruitful in Jesus' name. It's your season. Somebody say, it's my season. It's your season to rise. God brought you to a spiritual checkpoint because he doesn't want you to spend the rest of the year saying, why is everyone else rising, but I'm regressing? Why is everyone else rising, but I'm retreating? That's not the will of the Lord. The will of the Lord for you is to get up and keep going and be fruitful in every part of your life in Jesus' name. But even today, you've gotta say, okay, Lord, I'm willing to have a checkpoint. I'm willing, God, for you to inspect me. And God, if there's anywhere, God, that I've been sitting down where you told me to stand up, God, if there's anywhere, God, that I've been empty, that I should be filled with you, God, today, fill me with fresh oil. God, fill me with fresh oil. God, fill me again with the Holy Spirit, God, and let me get to a place of being fruitful again. Come on, if that's you, I want you to stand up all over this house. Say, Pastor, what happens if I can even say that it's time for me to be fruitful again? How do I know something's gonna change? How do I know something's going to get different? Let me give you one more verse of scripture before we pray together. Galatians chapter six, verse nine. Look what, look what the Holy Spirit promises. So let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the wrong, my Lord, somebody help me. At just the right time. Somebody say the right time. How many of you guys know sometimes your right time is not God's right time? At just the right time you will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Some of you say, Pastor, I've been trying to rise. It's not working. You'll reap a harvest of blessing if you don't give up. Even today is a day where you can say, Lord, I'm gonna stand up and I'm gonna get to a place of being fruitful again. And God, your word promised it. Remember the word of God. If God said it, he'll do it.
If God made the promise, it's yes and amen through the finished work of Jesus. If you can just hang on for just a minute. You say, Pastor, I've fallen down so many times, I can't get up. If you can just get up one more time, if you can stand up one more time and let the Spirit of God fill you up one more time and you get to that place of saying, I've got faith for this. I believe God's working. I believe God's going to do it. I believe God's going to do what I could not do for myself. If you don't give up, you will reap a harvest of blessing in every part of your life. Come on, if you believe that, I want you to lift your hands all over this house and say, God, it's my time to rise. Come on, declare it. It's my time to rise. It's my time to rise. It's my time to rise. God, it's our time to rise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, I want you to do this today. I want everybody to get out of your seat and come find a place in the altar. Come on. Bring your communion elements with you. Help me, young people. Go get them. Come on. Bring your communion elements with you. Come on, I'm telling you, there is a spirit of encouragement in this room today. Come on, come on. Come, somebody come down front. Don't be afraid. I, I won't spit anymore, I promise. It's not like SeaWorld now. It's good. Come on, come on. Say, Pastor, that's a great sermon, but I haven't, I haven't been falling. I've been doing great. Awesome. You still need fresh oil. You still need a commitment to say, God, I want to be fruitful in every part of what I am called to do in you. God, I want to rise. Throw, uh, Darby, throw that, throw that rise up, those four components. God, I want to rise and reach for next. God, I want to rise, God, and have intimacy with you on a consistent basis. God, I want to rise and seek the lost. God, I want to rise and expect the supernatural. I am not foolish enough to believe that everybody came in here filled up, on fire, ready to go. Some of you do, praise the Lord. But some of us are empty today, and we need to get filled. Some of us have been struggling. Some of us have fallen, and we've got to get up again in Jesus' name. And we're done. Listen, everybody lift your hands really quick. God, I'm going to pronounce a benediction over everything that we have been mourning too long. God, there is a time to mourn. Your word says so. But Father, there's also a time to rejoice. So Father, if anyone in this room today has been in a seizing of mourning, God, that has gone longer than what you ordained because they refused to get up. God, today I declare over them they've cried their last tear. God, they've used their last box of tissues. God, they are done mourning over what was. God, over what you allowed to happen. God, they will not stay in a place of frustration and anger and bitterness and unresentment. God, they will not live in a place of what should have been 
or what could have been, but God, even today, God, I pray a prayer of benediction over that season, and God, right now, God, of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, God, may they stand up in their spirit, man. May they rise up, God, and say that they will no longer mourn, but they will get up full of the oil of the Holy Ghost, and they will be fruitful again in Jesus' name. God, no more mourning. God, if you said it's over, it's over. If you said it's done, it's done. God, may that door be shut and may a new door open to say that we will rise and walk in the fullness of what you have for us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, if you come in agreement with that person, I say amen. Here's what I want us to do this morning. This whole thing right here is about covenant. It's covenant. That you're coming into agreement that Jesus' body was broken so yours didn't have to be. You're partaking of the cup, saying this is the new covenant in the blood of Jesus. That I'm no longer under something that was not working, but I'm under everything God has for me in this season. I believe today God wants us to just embrace the reality that this is your year to rise. This is your year to say, I will get up. I will live in the covenant blessings that God has for me. And I will be fruitful in every part of my life. But I want to pray before we partake of the elements today that if there's any place in you that's just been empty, that you'd get an oil change in this house. The joy of the Lord, an oil of gladness, strength and peace, the goodness of God. And listen to me, I can't tell if you're empty or not, but God can. If you find yourself in a place today where you just feel empty, I want you to slip up your hands. Come on, slip up your hands if you know you just feel empty. Listen, if you see somebody around you today with their hands up, I want you to lay your hands on them. Come on, just look around. If they've, if they've got their hands up, they said they feel empty. Come on, I want you to just lay hands on them. We're going to come into agreement that right now they're going to get filled in Jesus' name. They're going to get filled. Come on, will you pray with me in faith right now? Come on, we're, a, we're the family of God. Father, God, for anybody, God, that slipped up their hand today, God, that said they just felt empty. God, they showed up today, God, and they just felt empty. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, God, I pray fill them with fresh oil. God, I pray the oil of gladness, God, just begins to flow and overflow in their heart and in their mind. Father, I pray right now the power and the person of the Holy Spirit, God, just begins to fill them. God, there's joy. God, there's peace. Father, there's comfort. God, there's rest. Lord, there's freedom. God, there's hope. God, may they be filled and overflow. God, emptiness, God, is not their portion. God, may they be filled with you. May they be filled by your spirit, by your power, by your goodness, until they overflow in Jesus' name. God, may that emptiness be gone. But Father, may they rise and be filled with you. 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 In Jesus' name.
side with the wafer and take it out. Hallelujah. You guys know in God's word, numbers have meaning. Anybody know that? Anybody know what today's date is? It's five, seven, 23. So look not in the fifth month, and if you take the year and add two and three together, what number is that? Five. Listen to me. Just like the date is bookend with fives, your life is booked in with the grace of God. Five is the number of grace. It starts with grace and it ends with grace. You say, Pastor, what's in the middle? The number seven. The number seven is a number of completion perfection. You have been perfected in Christ Jesus only because of the grace of God. Today is a day of significance because as you start even today, this season that you say, I've fallen but I'm getting up today in Jesus' name that he has perfected something in you to allow you to rise 
completely covered in the front and the back with grace. And let me go a step further. Today is the seventh. What is tomorrow? The eighth. The number eight represents in God's word new beginnings. That what God starts and seals today positions you for something that is brand new tomorrow if you've got the faith to walk in it. The faith tomorrow to say, I'm not staying down. I'm getting up. I'm not empty. I'm filled. I'm filled with everything. And listen, today marks the beginning and tomorrow marks the day where you say, I will rise and I will be fruitful every part of my life in Jesus' name. Why? Because it's your year to rise. It's your year to rise. And I believe God's reminded us today so we can keep moving forward to be everything he's called us to be in Jesus' name. If you believe that, somebody say amen. So we're going to take communion today as a sign of celebrating who Jesus is what he's done, but listen, what he still wants to do in our hearts and our lives as we move forward together in Jesus' name. So right now we've got the way for 1 Corinthians 11. Apostle Paul said, I received this from the Lord Jesus. He said the night he was betrayed, he said he took some bread. He gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Well, come on, will you take and when you partake of that wafer, will you break it and take it right now? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that your body was broken so ours could be whole. Thank you, Jesus, that you took our punishment. Thank you, Jesus, that even today we are reminded when we partake of that wafer, we are partaking of the nature of who you are. You are the bread of life, Jesus. We are not empty, but we are filled with you. We are filled with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Verse 25, he says, in the same way he took the cup after, of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. Will you take and will you drink of the fruit of the vine this morning? Hallelujah. Come on, will you lift your hands? And will you thank Jesus for his blood that legally sets you free? <laughs> thank you, Jesus. We are not empty, we are filled with you. We are not empty, we are filled with you. Jesus, your blood that you shed means that we walk in covenant with you. God, and we don't have to stay down, but we can get up in Jesus' name. God, anyone, God, that may have fallen, God, anyone, God, that may have tripped, Jesus, just like you got up three days later, may we rise and get up, God, full of your spirit, God, and be fruitful in Jesus' name.
Hallelujah. 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 We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. again and we're not getting up just to get up we're getting up to rise and be fruitful in every part of our lives Darby throw Galatians 6 9 on the screen one more time lift your hands I want to declare this over you this morning in Jesus name come on you have gotten up you've come to a checkpoint because God said you're not empty but you're filled to be fruitful and I declare it over you today. May you not get tired of what's good. May you not get tired of rising. May you not get weary of doing what's right and godly, but at just the right time, you will reap a harvest of blessing for not giving up in Jesus' name. May it be unto you, the people of God, in Jesus' name. Come on, if you receive it, somebody give God some praise. Come on, you made a way.
Father, we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. God, we thank you, Lord, that you've ordained a year for us to rise. So, Lord, today, God, may we not stay down, but may we get up. Even if we've fallen, God, the godly may fall, but they get up again. God, and may we get up, God, not empty, but filled with your goodness, filled with your promises. God, to go and be fruitful in every part of our lives. God, may we rise and increase in every good thing you have for us. In Jesus' name, may it be sealed. God, and may in this day of completion, may we continue to begin and see your hand at work in every part of our lives because this is our year to rise. In Jesus' name. Come on, if you're in agreement with that, I want you one more time to put your hands together. Come on, give the Lord praise.